0: The first thing is First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. All right, we
1: always like to start the show giving you a heads up on any uh, traffic disruptions or traffic headaches you might run into later on in the day. Uh, The news you can use, Renee, and I guess uh, Joe Biden is going to be in town for a UAW event after getting their endorsement last week. So where's he going to be? Well, that's the question. Uh, it has not been disclosed. I, I'm guessing it's for uh, security reasons, and I'm guessing everyone who needs to know is probably a private invite. So
2: so what roads keep, are going to be shut down?
1: Keep an eye out for motorcades <laughs> later on this afternoon. Those are nuts. Those it is. motorcades.
2: It is crazy when the president comes in. Uh, I used to yeah. work at Self, right by Selfridge, and oh boy, what a, what a spectacle that was when the president would fly in through there.
1: You know, Renee, I used to do a little traffic myself, and <laughs> um, it would be nuts. When, once you found out the president's route, you could literally look at the traffic cameras and and just watch the motorcade progress because wow. they like you know they like shut off they shut down the highway in phases. Yep. And and it's in both directions, yeah. And and so you know there'll be like a mile or two of ninety four uh, by the airport closed down, and then they'll move the entire operation up. I, I I would I would just be fascinated to kind of sit in the command center and just just see how that's all coordinated.
2: Well, I will be commanding the traffic, and as soon as we know, we'll let you know. <laughs> if it's even during your shift, I yeah, don't even that's
1: know true. what. Yeah, it might just be Rich your, Yeah. Keep your head on a swivel, everybody. All right, so another uh, dramatic day yesterday. And, And just when you think that there can't be any more twists and turns in this Jennifer Crumley manslaughter trial... Uh, the trial says, hold my beer.
2: Right, yeah, let's get right into it. So the first person to take the stand yesterday was Sam Marsban. He's a detective lieutenant lieutenant with the Oakland County Sheriff's Office, City of Pontiac Detective Bureau. He discussed searching the school after the shooting, and according to Marsban, he was also tasked with identifying the two students who were killed in the shooting, two of them. Uh, prosecutors also showed a photo of the shooter's phone from Jennifer Crumbly that said, Ethan, don't do it, and from James that said, Ethan, call me now. And Mars Band said that the texts were sent one hour before the photo, which was around 2 p.m., and that was about an hour after the shooting. He also spoke about Jennifer Crumbly's demeanor as police worked to seize her and her husband's cell phones as part of a search warrant that was issued. And Marsman noted that she was reluctant to give up her phone. He said that she seemed irritated and frustrated. And I remember taking notes down, and she made a statement to me saying that lives were lost today and he's going to have to suffer. And Marsman recalled finding that odd. The next on the stand was David Hendrick, who worked for the Oakland County Sheriff's Office on the day of the shooting, and he recently retired as a detective sergeant as part of the Fugitive Apprehension Team. He was tasked with finding James and Jennifer after the shooting. He detailed finding a vehicle registered to the Crumblies abandoned at an Auburn Hills hotel, and it appeared that the prosecution was looking to show the Crumbleys intended to run following the shooting. Then up- yeah, they... Uh, I'm sorry to
1: interrupt you there, Renee, but yeah, they, they, they showed the video and, and yeah, it was literally in an abandoned, it wasn't an abandoned warehouse, but it it looked like an abandoned warehouse. I think it belonged to, to one of their friends and, and yeah, literally they were tenants
2: in that warehouse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess they had like $6,000 worth of cash and. They probably didn't, obviously, didn't really have a, a, a good plan. They're probably just trying to get out of dodge. But that, right. yeah, that was that was some insane video.
2: Yeah, it was. And they talked to Luke Curtley, who owns Coffee House which is a roasting company in Detroit, and he is in that warehouse where James and Jennifer were eventually found. Uh, prosecutors played the 911 call, where Curtley called police to let them know the Crumblies were there. And then after Curtley, Detroit Police Corporal David Shaw, who was part of the team that searched the building when they were looking for the Crumblies, they played that video of the arrest, and then they showed photographs, which included images of the Crumblies carrying multiple cell phones, as well as that cash, And then Brian Maloche, Excuse me, this was the bomb. A friend of Jennifer Crumbly, who has known her since high school, he took the stand, and they showed different Facebook messages between Jennifer and Maloche and his interviews with the police. The messages showed how he was, uh, excuse me, how she was feeling following the shooting, and also mentioned how she and James were on the run after charges were issued. So that's pretty damning, right there. Uh, There was also much debate about an allegation over police intimidation, and it led to an affair between Jennifer and Maloche being put on the record prosecutors said that they had a few more witnesses to call and then they thought they would rest their case but after the evidence of the alleged affair they said that that changes the course of the trial so who knows what yeah. today will hold
1: yeah and it took me a while to sort out what the strategy here was with the defense outing jennifer crumbly and in Malosh, 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 um their affair Uh And it seemed like it seemed like it took everybody by surprise. Uh, The prosecution looked at the judge and said, judge, I thought that this wasn't admissible in court. And then the judge was, you know, she was probably like, oh, for God's sakes, she had to clear the entire jury out of the room so that (sighs) she could swear Jennifer Crumbly in and say, hey, is it okay if we We if we bring this up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because Jennifer that Crump, wasn't a
2: secret that she had had an affair, but it wasn't admissible. That and the um, the way that their house was a disaster.
1: Right. So, it, and that's another good point, Renee, because when people were saying bombshell, I'm like, well, I I, I thought it was pretty well known she was having an affair. Uh, I think the bombshell was the fact that the defense brought it up in court right. when it, it was agreed upon <laughs> not to bring it up in court. You're, because the You're judge, doing it wrong. Yeah, and so – and I guess the defense thought that they could – you know, this was a good idea because then they could say, well, you were intimidated uh, to give your honest answers to the police because you're afraid you're going to lose your job as a firefighter, and then he said, no, I didn't feel that way. So, Right,
2: that backfired.
1: <laughs> essentially, the defense stepped in it again.
2: I know. <laughs>
1: so, I yeah, I think the prosecution – thought that maybe they could have even wrapped their case up yesterday yeah but then obviously this happened so maybe today or 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 maybe not Um,
2: see.
1: just uh like i said kind of seems like a train wreck in in my in my eyes yeah and i said the only thing that could save jennifer crumbly is probably the weaknesses of the law in the books at the time so sure uh sure we'll be talking about some other hot mess tomorrow so stay tuned um, the United States is claiming that the Islamic resistance, an umbrella group of multiple Iranian-backed militia groups, was responsible for the bombing of the United States military outpost in Jordan near the borders of Iraq and Syria, Syria that killed three American service members, injuring others. Iran is saying the attack took them by surprise as well. Um, one of the largest Iranian-backed militant groups, Hezbollah, haven't heard from them in a while, but they say they will halt all attacks against American forces in Iraq, which seems fishy to me. Uh, and then there's a uh, close call in the Red Sea, a Houthi cruise missile came within a mile of a U.S. warship, so it's definitely Jeez. escalating yeah. over there. Renee, absolutely. Uh, um, you, you, uh you use this term. Earlier when I was telling you about uh, this this Chinese hacker testimony yesterday on Capitol Hill, do you remember what you said? I said new fear unlocked. Yeah, so alarming testimony by FBI Director Christopher Wray yesterday telling lawmakers that the Chinese government is working feverishly to target American water treatment plants, the electrical grid transportation systems, and other critical infrastructure inside our country Ray said that there's yeah right uh there's been far too little public focus on cyber threats that affect every american and uh yeah like you said renee new fear unlocked i I think that we we all kind of knew that this threat was there we i i don't think we knew how severe it was until christopher ray uh testified yesterday in capitol hill now to be honest it it wouldn't really be in China's best interest to do this unless there was another expert that testified that said um, that she could probably, the only scenario she sees this being used in is if China wanted to evade uh, Taiwan and they wanted to crush us uh, resistance to that invasion.
2: Yeah. Um, the Chinese government's denying allegations of this too.
1: Which, yeah. So, you know. yeah. So i and, and look, this <laughs> okay. is worse. This is worst case scenario, but it's still it's still a possibility. Right. And real quick before we break the Federal Reserve standing pat not raising their interest rates uh, for the fourth straight time. There was some thought that maybe in March, pardon me, that they might cut interest rates, a cut in interest rate. Uh, is possible, but it most likely will not happen as early as March. All right, got to take a quick break. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. So the state of Michigan has agreed to a $13 million settlement with patients and staff of the Hawthorne Center in Northville. Have you heard about this, Renee? This story is it's just absolutely unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I remember when the story broke, hearing about it, going, what? How did this so- happen?
1: So to catch people up, uh, back in December of 2022, the Hawthorne Center, it's a state-run children's psychiatric hospital. They ran an active shooter drill. The, the problem is they didn't notify anyone beforehand, and nobody knew it was drill. The patients at a children's psychiatric hospital, and the majority of the staff, for that matter, they thought that it was an actual active shooter situation.
2: Could this have happened at a worse facility?
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean. If anything, these these kids need to feel calm, safe. They need uh, consistency. Right. And I mean, to say this was a poor decision is is the understatement of the century. Yeah. How Um, traumatic. You know, one of the employees and I and this is tragic as well. One of the employees who knew that it was a drill, uh, it was a staffer who didn't know that the staff didn't tell. Everyone else said it was a drill. Did someone forget
2: to send an email? How does that happen? No,
1: it it sounds like they, whoever, whoever's job it was, whoever decided to do this drill. And I guess there was, there was one person who they, they spoke to in court, the person who um, they had go on the overhead speaker and say, there's an active shooter situation, I guess this person asked multiple times, should we be doing this? Should we be doing this? Should we be doing this? And, and they, were, they were ordered to get on the loudspeaker and say there was an active shooter situation. Oh, my gosh. But the guy uh, who was an employee there who, who was playing the role of the active shooter, he thought everyone else knew it was a drill. Uh, but okay. nobody did, not even the police. So the police arrive. Right? And like I said, they don't know it's a drill. They approach this man as if he's the active shooter. So sure. now he's in a terrifying situation because now the police are treating him like he's trying to go into the psychiatric hospital and shoot a bunch of people. It could be deadly.
2: This could have been a deadly story. Yes. This guy,
1: th- this guy could have gotten killed. Absolutely. Right. Um, but he says the worst thing was that the staff and patients that he saw every day and cared about, they were afraid of him and actually thought he was going to kill them. At oh some my point
2: gosh. Thinking something happened. He, right they're switch. like, oh my
1: yeah right it, it, and so to me that that part i mean obviously the whole thing is heartbreaking but wow. your your heart really breaks for this guy because obviously uh he's a caring person he's it takes a special type of person to work in an environment like that and it sounded like he really cared about these kids and he really cared about his co-workers and even though they it, it, it turned out that it was a drill You know, they're still traumatized, and he played a role in that unwittingly.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So going back to the person in charge of the drill, that person still has their job, and in fact, they were transferred to the Walter Ruther Hospital in Westland. That's a a children's psychiatric hospital in Westland. Well, actually, no. It's an adult psychiatric hospital in Westland where some of the children from the Hawthorne Center are staying, which is a whole other controversy. Right, because they Um, closed it. Yeah, they closed. They closed the Hawthorne Center. They're rebuilding it. They're building a new facility. But you know, so now you've got adult and children psychiatric <sighs> um, patients all in the same area, which is obviously um, a safety concern for the children. But yeah, the person who thought that this was a good idea, they still have their, job, their and job. They're still in, tra- and they're still in charge of some of these. Ah, oh, lovely. So, uh, and I got to give props to Channel Four. We were talking about this off air, Renee. I don't know how this hasn't become a bigger story, uh, but they were really on top of that. And and, and one more thing, the nine one one call that they played from from the patients calling from inside the hospital for help, just uh, absolutely chilling and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And and Dana Nessel, she conducted a, a cr- an investigation in this. She found no criminal wrongdoing, which is a shame. I, I, <sighs> there's got to be more accountability. Come at on, at least the a- at least a firing right
2: right the fact that no one has been fired over this is mind blowing i
1: mean the person who the person or persons in charge of this obviously have demonstrated that they have a total lack of of judgment right and should definitely not be around kids let alone kids in crisis who need help
2: <laughs> time for Pardon. a career change
1: absolutely And then um, yesterday, I'm sure you saw this, CEOs of social media companies from Facebook, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, and Discord, they were grilled on Capitol Hill yesterday over their failure to protect kids online from abuse, cyber bullying, sexual exploitation, easy access to drugs, and contributing to a mental health crisis. At one point, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta, Uh, That owns both Facebook and Instagram. He apologized to the families of children who died as a result of the abuses um, that they uh, experienced on social media. They were in attendance, and they were all holding up pictures Mm -hmm. of of their children. Um, Senator Lindsey Graham told him that his product was killing people, that he has blood on his hands. Josh Hawley told him to stand up and face the families, and uh, it was quite a dramatic scene. It really uh, was. it, the The way the photographer is there, it's really weird, you know. Like you got the table where everyone's testifying, and then you got the panel where where the Senate is, and they got a whole bunch of photographers. Yes. Like, like they
2: and they were and, scrambling every chance that they could. It was it was very bizarre. Yeah, and
1: I I really wanted to play Mark Zuckerberg's apology, but um, obviously he was turned away from the microphones, and so you couldn't really hear it. But he said, um, "I'm sorry for everything you've gone through." No one should go through the things that your family have suffered. And this is why we invest so much. We are going to continue doing industry-wide efforts. And then he kind of went into corporate speak.
2: Yeah, do better. But
1: Yeah. And and, and here's the thing, too. Number one, this seemed like a bipartisan effort. Both Republicans and Democrats were teeing off on the execs. Usually one side plays good cop. Right. One side plays bad cop. But here's the thing, too. I, I mean, I, I actually I feel like Congress has some culpability in this, too. We were talking yesterday about how we need ai legislation passed fast and and that congress is like a decade behind passing social media laws. Right. so i i agree that these social media networks and these platforms they can do better but but let, let's let's not like not, let's not act like congress hasn't been doing any anything um for the past however long social media has been out
2: 20 some years now
1: yeah, two. I got my first one in two
2: thousand
1: five, yeah. and uh, my Facebook account in two thousand five. And I'd like to sit here and say, what about the parents? But let's be honest: kids will always be one step ahead of their. That's parents right. Well, the
2: the one parent of a victim who committed suicide said that she didn't know her daughter had seven different uh, Instagram accounts. accounts.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's another the horses out of the barn type scenario where these probably should have been 18 and over platforms to begin with right um but now um and and facebook's not even the the social media uh platform that that kids are using no that's
2: facebook's Um, not cool
1: yeah i mean instagram
3: tiktok
1: yeah probably something that you and i have never even heard of yet right um (laughs) but but yeah i mean look these these social media companies they they deserve the tongue lashing they got but um let's not pretend that congress is is completely um without blaming this as well um and uh real quick before we get to another shocking story universal music group which represents huge artists like drake adele bad bunny billy eilish and yes taylor swift it's pulling its music off tiktok because they have not reached a new licensing deal that has expired and um and umg says that tiktok is paying them pennies on the dollar of what other platforms pay them and at this point i don't know who needs who more does does umg need tiktok to promote its music or does tiktok need umg to keep people on its app
2: that's a great question because there's a lot of artists that are discovered through tiktok
1: exactly and i can understand smaller labels and smaller bands needing tiktok but but umg is is huge so um I'm sure it will be resolved. But, yeah, at this point, I, I think TikTok probably is hurt more by these huge artists being pulled off their platform than, mm-hmm. than the artists themselves. And real quick, shocking, shocking story. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot where it's coming out of, but uh, Pennsylvania, some yeah. guy i thought it was pennsylvania fill us in there renee
2: uh it's this is really gruesome uh a law law enforcement says that this man has flaunted on youtube his youtube channel uh some very graphic footage justin mohn was arrested tuesday night for murder and for possessing an instrument of crime with intent after he allegedly killed his dad michael in the home that they share Cops say that they responded to the house and found Michael's corpse inside the bathroom decapitated after they received a report of a man who is deceased at the location. The victim's wife placed the 911 call. Uh, It's unclear where she was when she phoned first responders. Police say that Justin fled the scene, but he was picked up hours later, about 100 miles away in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And as for the YouTube video, the clip had already been making rounds online. And uh, this is really hard. You can see... Moan display what appears to be a human head in a plastic bag with his gloved hands. In another scene, Michael's severed head was stewing inside of a cooking pot. Um, oh God, YouTube, it... yeah, go ahead. I'm
1: I sorry,
2: would say, finish. uh, YouTube executives eventually caught wind of the disgusting 14 minute video and took it down. Uh, investigators did not disclose a motive but moan's online rants indicated that he was angry with his father who was a 20-year federal employee for being what he called a traitor moan also blasted president joe biden's administration the black lives matter movement the lgbtq community and antifa activists he was obviously denied bail on his arraignment in court wednesday morning
1: yeah and to see this guy's mugshot, shot it's, it's it's terrifying number one you know the eyes there's uh you know there there there's i i don't even know how to describe it i mean other than just just pure evil and he's got this smug look on his face yes as, as if he's completely proud of what he's done
2: i know I, oh
1: and god, just i'm
2: absolutely horrifying oh my god yeah
1: and um i really I, didn't I mean, know
2: when you and i were talking i was like how do i present this story I mean, and the thing is
1: it's everywhere the story's everywhere so it it's one of those it's one of those scenarios where you want to ignore it but you can't ignore it and and I think it's a it's a stark warning about going down these rabbit holes, these paranoid conspiracy theorist rabbit holes yes. um where it can warp your brain so much to the point that you would do something like this to a member of your own family Horrendous. and then po- And then put it on YouTube. And and I don't know how YouTube found out about this. Um, I don't know if if, if it was reported by people watching. But what about the people watching? How do you stumble
2: onto that?
1: Right. (sighs) And then so were people in the comments section cheering them on? I'm sure there were. I don't Um, know that
2: far. I would hope not. And, uh, unfortunately, you're probably right that there, you know, there were. Oh.
1: Yeah, and it's—I mean, it's just—you know—we were talking about the the social media hearing a, a, a couple of minutes ago. It's just the wild west out there. I want to
2: know how his mother found out. Was she in the house? What happened there for her right, to call nine one one? Right, and was he going after her next? Right. There's so much more to this that we still don't know.
1: Yeah, and and, and I mean, YouTube is so vast that they just don't—they just don't have the people to stay on top of stuff right. like this. But, I mean, at least this guy. um, He's off the street. He's in jail. He's probably never getting out. And the evidence is all right there. But um, yeah, I I mean, obviously I'm not a huge YouTube surfer. If I came across this video, I prob I probably would have closed it without thinking about it, thinking this is fake. This right. is fake. But I guess you said TMZ showed a pretty graphic image of it.
2: They blurred out uh the man's head, but it's incredibly yeah. obvious as to what you're seeing. Um, right i I, i'm
1: right and uh, yeah then that 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 leads to the question about you know journalistic uh uh you know what their obligation is what what's telling the story and what's just sensationalism and decision making yeah all right we're late for a break first thing mike parsons renee vitale wjr and we're heading into jr morning with guy lloyd and jamie and guys the three of you are, are journalists at heart I know you've talked about this yesterday with one of our other fine journalists, Marie Osborne, uh, but I haven't been able to uh, uh, pick your brains about this uh, today. Slim pickings. Free- <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned.
1: Good night, everybody.
4: Good night, everybody. I left the building. Uh,
1: so today, uh, the Freep has uh, done away with its view comments section on its website and uh like i said as as three journalists i was just uh wondering how the three of you felt about
4: this well you know i used to enjoy uh reading them because it it gives you a, a different perspective on what people thought of this particular story sure. but now you know it's it's got to the point where if you don't believe this point then you're that and if you don't believe that then you're this and there's name calling and you know it's like kids in the sandbox and it just kind of just goes down the drain after that so yeah yeah. and
1: that's that's one of the main reasons that that the freeps cited i think right that it's kind of it's just it's hard to to moderate all the just it's just evolved into angry mean
3: comments that's not what it was supposed to be a bunch of keyboard warriors exactly and that's
4: another thing yeah you can hide behind that keyboard you know well and it's 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 you know, it gets hateful and it gets personal, and, and and it it's it's sad. is what it is because it used to be actually a pretty thoughtful place to to hear from people. Just like yesterday, we were talking about this crazy thing that's going on with uh, FAFSA forms that the colleges aren't going to be able to process them until March. We got a wonderful call from a very highly yes. knowledgeable man that in a yes. comment section you could have learned something from it. That right. he was able to call into WJR, right. he got we put him on the air, and it was great. You learned something from someone because of the forum that doesn't happen anymore
2: on the comment sections
4: yeah
1: i'm sorry go ahead renee
2: oh no no i was agreeing with guy
1: oh okay but that's a great point because you know a lot of times when i'm reading something that i don't quite understand i'll scroll down to the comment section and someone will either give a little more context or they'll explain it in a way that uh you know i can wrap my head around a little bit more um but but like we said more and more um, that's becoming few and far between, and yeah. it's, the, it's the comments uh, that um, get the most heat, not light, as you like to say, Guy. that it, seem yeah. to kind of make their way to the top.
4: I, I used to like to at click on when I was at Channel 4. I used to like to go on the comment section, and I would engage with the people in the comment section because sometimes they would have an issue with, with the way we covered the story, and you can give them more context and you know kind of a peek behind the scenes as to how we did what we did and why. And that yeah. was, I felt, useful to come out of the ivory tower and engage with with, with viewers. But there's just yeah. no upside to it anymore. You're a libtard. You're an idiot. You're, right. you know, mm-hmm. or you're just another MAGA shill. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's sad.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's sad. I mean, luckily... Well, luckily and unluckily, everyone kind of has their own platform now. So if they do want to weigh in on things, they can. But I, I think there is a place for well moderated, well thought out comment sections. And obviously, the the freak just doesn't have the resources at. But they're anymore. doing it on
4: Facebook. They still, they still will do it there.
2: Oh,
3: Jaren,
1: I morning, coming that. up. I'm sure you've heard the term swatting more and more in the news. Politicians, celebrities, elected officials from both sides of the aisle. And even regular people who pick an online fight with the wrong person are falling victim to it.
2: So what is swatting and could it be deadly? Joe Cardinale, retired New York Police Department lieutenant commander, discusses the dangerous trend on All Talk.
0: This is happening more and more. It's something that's called uh, swatting. You probably heard of it and some of you might go, What is what's swatting? It's, in the summertime, you, you
5: swat those flies, you get yeah, that fly swatter out. That's
0: the swatting I'm familiar with, the gr- yeah. you know, being here in Michigan. But there's something else, it's it's this growing concern. It's a it's a dangerous prank is what it is. And we're seeing it happen in places like New York, Michigan, Salt Lake City. There was a situation there where police responded to what's a false it's a false emergency call is what it is. And it's being used and targeted towards maybe uh, public figures or lawmakers, that kind of thing. You you place a call saying, hey, something's happening at my home. I'm so-and-so. Come and help me out. So police show up, maybe armed. And it puts the person inside the house in danger because it's false. Nobody from that house actually made the police call. But the police don't know that, right? So they show up thinking that something life-threatening is happening inside which creates a very dangerous situation. What
5: I don't really get about this is the the motive. Are are they just trying to annoy the person by having the police show up and disrupt their day Mm. because all of a sudden the police are on their porch and wondering who's in in danger and it's disruptive to them? Are they hoping that the police will show up and they'll – find some evidence of something else that's there, you know, like probable cause. The door opens up and suddenly there's some probable cause of something, and then they'll get into some sort of trouble. Yeah. I, I don't or, understand. I do understand how expensive it is when you use resources, misuse resources this way.
0: Yeah, or the the person opens the front door and, and, they, get and they get shot.
5: Well, I hope that's not uh, the motive, uh, but who knows? Uh, maybe Joe Cardinelli knows. retired New York PD, lieutenant commander, and friend of the show. Good morning, Joe. How are you?
3: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today?
5: Doing well. Do, do we have this swatting correct? Is, is is that what's going on? It's basically just a, a false report to get law enforcement to show up at someone's house.
3: Well, it's called swatting because they they want the SWAT team to come out and respond. So they make it a heavy a heavy call, like a kidnapping, a bomb threat, or a murder, something along those, or a hostage. You know, it, it's it's something along those lines, and it's not just dangerous it's deadly people have died from this of being mistaken for you know for somebody inside they don't know the police are coming gamers use it a lot to get even with other gamers one gamer was killed by the police called to an incident like this i don't know what happened on the inside but the police do not know it's a prank call and they have to treat it like a real call and they're trained to do it accordingly so if a threat is posed when they get there and it's a mistake. That's made. It's a mistake made by the person who called us in, and you're quite right that it's costly. It's up to the tune of ten thousand dollars per incident for these units to respond, and for municipalities in small areas, they can't afford that. No, it's it's very dangerous. It's uh, it is a federal law that was proposed uh, bipartisan back in two thousand fifteen by by what do you call it, Um, Congresswoman uh catherine clark and then uh, patrick mann from the from the republicans and it did pass and then lo and behold after she puts this out there she was swatted now Mm -hmm. they called in on her so it's public figures it's people who they neighbors who want to get even with other neighbors police officers have been the recipients of these swats you know you gave a ticket you arrested somebody they find your address they call it and in the middle of the night you're dragged out of your house until they can confirm who you are and it's it's Quite Terrifying. costly and quite dangerous. Yes. Yeah.
5: I well I, I didn't yeah, I didn't I guess I didn't realize that they were um that severe of of calls, that they're they're looking to get the, the SWAT team out there. They're looking to get a, a massive Response is, And I imagine you mentioned gamers. I I don't know if they're – I kind of think of gamers uh, as maybe being better hackers. They might be better at getting away with it. Uh, Is there a a paper trail? Is there a phone – are they able to find the people who are responsible for this in most cases or or not so much?
3: Well, they do have success with them because, you know, the federal government now – I know Iowa's uh, legislation is pushing it from a misdemeanor to a felony and rightfully so – there is one individual that's actually doing 20 years because of federal prosecution that was successful against that person. Another individual is responsible for 20 to 25 of these. Uh, I believe it was in Oregon. All right. And uh, he wound up with four years. That's ridiculous because if somebody is killed or injured from this, you should pay the price for that crime as well. Then you have the kids that are doing it and the parents don't know about it. And then you have the the uh, underlying fact that that's a big one is social media like TikTok, who Puts these videos, allows these videos to be out there of people actually filming a swatting incident, laughing about it, saying, look at this, and how they're dragging people out of their homes and everything. So, yes, they are successful, but the paper trail is tough, especially when you're using a clone phone, a ghost phone, and it bounces off so many sites, and it's a quick call to 911, and it's very hard to trace. But when they do get the individuals and they are successfully prosecuted, they need to make the fines and the penalties very stiff.
0: Yeah, they do, because most of these across the country, these swatting incidents, they're treated as misdemeanors, as, as you kind of touched on. And these are this is not like just pulling at the fire alarm at a school, which should never be done in and of itself. But these are, as you touched on, you know, these are draining significant resources. And if the SWAT team's coming in, it's, you know, the finger's on the trigger, so to speak. So should there be a federal mandate uh to treat all swatting incidents regardless of where they're located as felonies, do you think?
3: I believe so. And then because what it will do is it'll put the interstate effect on it. All right. And understand something also, that it's not just police that are responding. It's fire and, and EMS, all right, and it's you know, and all the emergency services are responding to this because that's what they're trained to do in case something goes wrong, they have an ambulance on, in case there is a bombing, they have the fire department. So it's draining more than the police department. Right. it's it's other resources as well, and it should definitely be a felony. It should be a federal statute that uh, if you don't get them on one end, you get them on the federal end. This way, they ha- once you have this individual or individuals, because there are groups doing this as well, right? Then you need to prosecute them to the fullest ex- extent, and it's very very serious
0: what do you attribute the rise in swatting incidents to i mean do you think this is it all connected somehow to like the you know the defund the police movement that it's almost like okay if we call on the swat team there's a chance that maybe some of them will also get killed is this at all related to that or some other ideology
3: it's it's a combination of a lot of things i mean it's on both sides of the spectrum as well you have people that uh disgruntled with the prosecution of the January 6th, so they go after they actually swatted one of the judges, all right, that was prosecuting the case. Uh. All right, you get people that do it just for pranks, like I, like I said, with these kids that will do it to the schools to see a school shut down. They want to get out of class. All right? It goes so – but the point is they get away with it, and the fact – it's just like everything else that criminals get away with today. If they're emboldened to do something and they're not prosecuted and they don't see any consequence to their actions, they're going to keep doing it. But when you start publicly naming the individuals who were arrested and successfully prosecuted, and you start bringing this to the you know to the public and saying this is what's happening, and you educate the public as to swatting because a lot of people don't know anything about it, hmm. right? Then they'll turn around and say, "Hey, we want something done about it too." The more attention it gets, the less it happens.
5: Yeah, I, that's where I was going to go with this because I at first I'm like, "Yes, mandatory felony, yes, mandatory prison time," and then I think of these.
3: Stupid kids on
5: TikTok watching this and thinking it's funny and then trying it. And then all of a sudden you're a parent and your kid's got a felony and a mandatory prison uh, sentence to look at. And I I start to feel like I I start to feel bad. I don't maybe I shouldn't. But um, so so do you think that do you think we're doing enough? I love that we're talking about this. I think this does bring awareness to it and does educate the public about this. Do, do, Do you think do you think we'll be able to get that word out to everybody to prevent those kinds of things from happening?
3: I think so. I think when you you know take the effort like like you're taking today to you know put this out there to the you know listeners, I think when when they when they're knowledgeable about this and they could take it to their legislators and say, "Hey, listen, we want this to be a felony too." Because who's going to pay for this ultimately? It's the taxpayers. all right. the taxpayers are paying for it because it's coming out of public funding for these municipalities and they can't afford it. You know, New York, if they had 10 of them it's same thing as uh, somebody in a small town having one of them you know it's it's the same you know the same thing All right? it's just that the prosecution must go on hmm. you must have everybody in conjunction saying and the federal government saying listen you you're not going to get an ada like bragg in new york who says Nah, it was only a joke this kid didn't mean it no mandatory prosecution right. you must have it and that's it and when somebody pays the price and when these kids are you know, pulled out of school, and their names are put all over the local newspaper. Now, little Johnny and little Janie did this, and you can thank them for taxes going up next year. Then the parents are going to yeah. watch their kids a little more carefully.